Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are born free, and we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty Podcast Network. And today, bringing you a solo episode with a really important topic. And I think it's going to be a topic today that, you know, you might think at first, oh, this has no impact on my life. You know, this is something that it might be interesting, but it probably hasn't impacted me personally or the or the the lives of my loved ones but once we get into it i will almost guarantee that the topic for today which is um you know generally speaking um government additives to uh to food fortified food enriched grains um with a specific synthetic vitamin and uh we're going to dig into that and i'll explain more in detail what what I'm talking about, but um, it can lead to a, a lot of um, health issues, cardiovascular, mood disorders, things of that nature. Um, that really, it's it's shocking, um, and I'll get into why I wanted to talk about this um, when we get into the show. But first, before I do that, um, I do want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this is the Monday after Thanksgiving when the show is being released. I'm recording on Sunday night here after a uh, a long holiday weekend where I got to go hunting, did a little deer hunting on Saturday and uh, and Sunday morning. Did not get a deer. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, I guess two years ago, I think it was, they moved the opening day of deer rifle season from the Monday after Thanksgiving to the Saturday after Thanksgiving, which I like it and I hate it at the same time because it does dig into that family time, you know, on Thanksgiving weekend. And you know, my brother and his kids uh, and, uh, and wife were in town. I got to spend some time with them, but unfortunately, um, you know, I had to get away to uh, to hunt. But I also like it a little bit because I don't have to take off any work on that Monday to go hunting for opening day. So I was able to go up to. Uh, my buddy's cabin up north, and uh, we had a good time. Saw deer. Uh, I didn't get a shot at one that I, you know, felt comfortable taking. Uh, one of my one of my other friends um, had a uh, a buck lined up in his sights and had his gun misfire. So <laughs> eventful weekend, but uh, no deer meat. But there's still two weeks left, so plenty of time. And uh, you know, the best time to hunt is when you have time. So. I'll make it out at least a few more times here in the uh, in the next two weeks. So, today's show, 
I'm not sure how long it's going to be. I really have no idea. It could be, you know, 40 minutes, could be 20 minutes. I don't know how long I'm going to talk about this. And it is detailed information. I've done, you know, a fair amount of research here, which I already knew a lot about it, but I wanted to get some specifics and I'll have links to everything I talk about today on the show notes page. So first, we're going to talk about folic acid and folate and the difference between the two and you know why the government has been adding this to uh to grains to flour to cereal to fortify you know grains to enrich flour as they say they've been doing this uh it's been mandated um since 1998 for all um grains that are not that are not organic so why are they doing this and what are the potential um, negative ramifications of it. So we'll get into those details. And I also want to talk about at the end, um, I want to get into talking a little bit about um, happiness and you know, having some charts to show on where happiness overall is trending and also how um, different generations view happiness with regards to wealth and, uh, and net worth. Uh, I think some interesting takeaways there. So you know, we'll see how long the show is. I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, I'm pretty tired. Did not get a lot of sleep this weekend. Hunting. You know, I have to get up at 5, five in the morning. Getting up. Well, I guess Saturday we got up at, uh, I don't know why we did. We got up at like 5.15, but we didn't actually leave the house until, you know, close to 6.15. So we could have could have slept a little more. And then uh, we slept in a little bit on Sunday to like 5.40 and they got out there before first light. But uh you know, it's good to get out there before first light. You can get set up and everything, but it's also extremely frustrating because probably the largest deer, I'm just assuming, that was within shooting distance of uh, of my stand um, of where I was set up, uh, it came by and uh, I could hear it, you know, and I could see just the outlines of the figure, and it was loud. It was stomping at me. It probably was a big buck, but it was so freaking dark, I could not see a thing. It was like 20 yards away, and I'm straining my eyes trying to see, and uh, there's nothing nothing more frustrating than that. Well, actually, the only thing more frustrating than that is after you leave your hunting camp when you're driving home, and then you see about 20 deer as you're, as you're driving down the road. That is also equally frustrating. But um, So today, we're talking about folic acid and folate. What's the difference? And... You know, I made a post about this on Facebook a week or so ago, and somebody somebody commented on it with a strong opinion, as uh, you know, people love to do on social media, saying basically, <clears throat> you know, I called out some of the problems with uh, folic acid and some health issues that you know people who are unable to to uh, use it. Um, really, it, it's not a bioavailable form; um, they're not they're not able to uh, to methylate it. Um, you know, some of the health issues it can lead to. And someone called me out and said, what are you talking about? Folates and all kinds of stuff. It's naturally occurring, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, man, read the post. I'm talking about folic acid. So what is folic acid? Folic acid is a synthetic form of folate. Both folate and folic acid are vitamin B9. It's an essential uh, nutrient that is naturally, or the folate is naturally occurring. The folic acid is, of course, um, you know, lab created, synthetically created. 
I'm not getting in, into the details of uh, of what that means and how they do that because honestly, that's well above my uh, knowledge level, and I'm not going to try to explain it. You know, you can do your own research into that. I'm going to pro- provide plenty of links on the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com, and I will caveat everything I'm going to say here today, which I'm not a scientist, not a doctor. This is not medical advice, and that's why you should trust me. <laughs> but seriously, do your own research. I will link to everything. There is a ton of information out there on um, folic acid, folate, on the MTHFR gene mutation, which I'll be talking about in a little bit, um, on the different um, health issues that can be caused by uh, vitamin B9 deficiencies. So much information out there in the internet. All you do is type in your questions and it gives you information and you search through the articles. I recommend, sure, use Google, but also use something like pre-search um, or a different <clears throat> search engine that's not going to filter out you know, useful information. Um, if you just go with Google, a lot of the stuff you're going to get is CDC and um, you know other government websites feeding you their propaganda. So you got to get creative um, with search ter- terms as well to uh, to get around that. So, what got me interested in talking about this? Well, I've known about the the issue, <coughs> excuse me, the issues with certain people being unable to methylate um, folic acid into the usable form of folate, methylfolate. Um, there's a longer term for it, which I'll say later, but methylfolate essentially. Um, we'll we'll just go with that for now. Um, there's a, a large group of people who are unable to do that. <clears throat> We're unable to, to methylate folate into that bioavailable form where our bodies are able to, uh, to use it, um, una- unable to metabolize it. So um, I've known that for a while. And, you know, the, the vitamins, the multivitamins I take, the supplements I take all have that bioavailable form of folate. Um, do I know if I have the gene mutation or not? <coughs> I have not yet been tested. And I'll talk about well, some specifics around the the, uh, the gene mutation and actually exactly what it is in a little bit. Um, but it's one of those things that you can't go wrong just by taking the bioavailable form of the vitamin. Um, why even even uh, even take the risk? So what got me even more so interested in this was a recent episode of Joe Rogan where he brought on Gary Brecka. Gary Brecka is a uh, I, I don't know really what to what to call him he's not a doctor he has a background in actually in the insurance industry so looking at uh, you know health data you know what's what's killing people what's causing people to get sick um, diving into you know different uh, uh, you know gene mutations gene mutations things like that and uh, through that background develop this knowledge base on how to treat people um, not with medications but by um, identifying, you know, different, um, really gene mutations or are different issues that, that, that could cause the body to lack necessary raw materials. And rather than treating the symptoms and hacking at the branches, um, treating the root of the, of the problem and giving the body the proper raw materials in order to heal itself. So, it's a great episode. I encourage everyone to listen to the whole thing, but the really cool part is where he, when he was talking about um, folic acid, and when the government started mandating that um, you know grains are sprayed with uh, with folic acid, this was back in 1998 when uh, when they did that. So 
when he talked about that, I was like, this is, this is crazy. I need to, you know, dive, do a deeper dive into this. And I, you know, I decided I was just thinking about it so much that I, I wanted to, uh, to make a, co- make, make a podcast to, uh, make a podcast to, uh, to, re- to really shine a light on it. And like I said, it's not, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a scientist, not a doctor, but who cares, man? Anybody can talk about this stuff. This is 2023. The information's out there. Don't trust me. Go do the research yourself. So there's, there's different, um, you know, if you have a B9 deficiency, so if you are not getting enough folate, um, it can lead to elevated uh, homocysteine levels. So high homocysteine levels are associated with really increased uh, blood pressure, uh, cardiovascular disease, stroke, things like that. Also, B9 deficiencies can lead to birth defects. Um, so low folate in pregnant women has been linked to um, birth abnormalities um, such as neural tube defects. And the neural tube defects are actually what the FDA used to justify spraying all of our grains with, uh, with folic acid. Also, um, you know, deficiencies in B9 have been shown to be correlated with cancer risk, um, higher probabilities for cancer. So poor levels of folate linked to increased cancer, cancer risk and uh, through higher levels of folate have also been linked with a higher risk of prostate cancer. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, sorry, hi, well, they're saying higher levels of folate have been linked to higher risk of prostate cancer, which is sort of interesting, which might, I, I would guess, and I have not looked in that specific fact there, or that specific claim, I should say, um, <clears throat> I would guess that might have something to do with uh, folic acid and not folate. So I will table that one to uh, do some more research on. But so what is the difference between folate and folic acid? Like I said, folate is naturally occurring. Um, It's derived from the Latin term folium, which actually means leaf. And, you know, the best source or one of the best sources of, uh, of naturally occurring folate is in green leafy vegetables. Um, the active form of vitamin B9 is 5-methyltetrahydrofolate. Say that five times fast. Also known as 5-MTHF. Now, folic acid, like I said, is synthetic. Um, you know, it's in supplements. It's added to food products and rich flour, fortified cereals, etc., etc. Pastas, grains, breads, everything. Um you go through the grocery store, you look at anything that has a grain in it that's not organic, it's going to be enriched. And, uh, you know, we'll get into talking about, you know, some of my thoughts around um, when, when, when we talk about some of these health issues, what I think could be happening here with so many people um, consuming tremendously high levels of these enriched and fortified uh, products that have been laced with, uh, with folic acid. So, um, so folate, when you consume folate from vegetables and, um, in, in, the, in the naturally occurring form or in supplements in the naturally occurring form, um, it's naturally, it's, it's, uh, naturally converted into the active form of, uh, of B9, 5-MTHF. Uh, this is done, this is metabolized through your digestive system. However, um, folic acid, the problem is, 
not for a lot of people who have a specific gene mutation, um, a lot of it is not actually metabolized. And it that unmetabolized uh, uh, folate builds up in the in the bloodstream, which can lead to a lot of issues. And I have a clip here I'm going to play um, from Gary Brecka. This is not from the Joe Rogan podcast, and I can't think of the guy's name. I follow him on Instagram, and it's not his clip. It's somebody else taking the clip that, that put it up. But um, anyway, it's a, it's a good clip. This is Gary Brecka um, talking about um, really the, the potential detrimental um, really issues caused by lacing an entire food supply with, uh, with folic acid. Prevalent nutrient in the human diet. I think it was 1993, the U.S. federal government agreed to spray our entire grain supply with folic acid. Grains of all kinds are fortified or enriched, which means they're sprayed with the chemical folic acid. And I say chemical because folic acid doesn't occur anywhere naturally. You cannot find folic acid anywhere on the surface. Why do they do it? It was initially because they thought it would prevent neural tube defect. But the truth is folic acid doesn't prevent anything. In fact, pregnant women that take high doses of folic acid and have this gene mutation have very high incidences of postpartum depression. Because what happens to a female that cannot process folic acid when you put 1,400% of the daily allowance of folic acid into her body? She goes nuts. She develops this depressive state. And then eventually the pregnancy ends. They stop taking the prenatal vitamin. The symptoms go away. So they blame it on the pregnancy, not on the vitamin. Would we ever think that something that we make chemically in a laboratory is essential for optimal? Yeah, so so there it is. I mean, that kind of kind of breaks it down in a in a nutshell. Um, and when I was talking about at the top of the show, you know, who knows people who've been personally affected by this? I mean, how many people know someone who a woman, you know, a mother who suffered with uh, postpartum depression? My my wife did. In fact, this was before we knew anything about um, you know potential issues with uh, with folic acid, and before we were taking uh, a methylated bioavailable form of folate in, in supplements. Um, yeah, my wife really hugely suffered with uh with postpartum depression and she shared she shared her story um uh quite a bit um but yeah it's it's crazy you know when you start to start to break it down and you start to start to think about it so i want to talk a little bit more about this mthfr gene mutation so mthfr stands for methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase say that five times fast i'm not even sure if i said that right and, you know, essentially, uh, MTHFR is the name of both a gene and an enzyme in the body. The enzyme is methylene tetrahydrofolate. I feel like that was the same exact word I just said. There was a, maybe a little bit of difference. <laughs> um, the, the gene tells the body how to make the enzyme. So this enzyme is important to process folate, like I said, or to process folic acid. Some people can process folic acid properly. Fine. Um, so in the simplest terms, it turns folate into this bioavailable form of, uh, of methylfolate <clears throat> through this process, which is, which is called methylation. Uh, the methylfolate then converts amino, amino acids into a variety of the body's functions, including the manufacture of serotonin, serotonin and dopamine. Um, so you can see how this can lead to mood disorders, lead to depression, lead to ADHD, lead to autism, different things like that. Um, the MTA, MTHFR, also known as the, uh, the MFR gene, 
um, inhibits the way the body processes folic acid. There's two variants. Um, actually, I think there's more you know, sub-variants and different combinations of the variants. But I'm not going to get into the details about what the variants are. Um, it'll be included in the links that I provide on the show notes page. It's just way too confusing to talk about. Um, the important takeaways are, you know, I've, I've seen it cited anywhere from 30 to 60% of people have some form of this gene mutation that leads to the inability of the body to process this synthetic folic acid. So to different degrees, um, some people might have it more severely than others. And some people might have absolutely no, um, you know, issues with this, uh, with this gene mutation. So there's still a lot to learn about the MTHFR gene mutation. Um, there is, you know, there's a lot of research being done. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the CDC, which like denies this even exists, which is freaking crazy. But, uh, yeah. So, um, like I said, so with the MTHFR gene mutation, um, if, if that gene is mutated, then it cannot produce the, the, uh, the enzyme correctly. So the process is disrupted. The dopamine and serotonin are not produced. And, uh, you know, this can lead to lots of different issues. Um, it's kind of interesting if you look at occurrences of autism on a chart. And uh, all of a sudden in the late 90s, early 2000s, spikes way up. What else happened in the late 90s or early 2000s? Well, in the late 90s, 1998, that's when the FDA mandated that all of these grains, cereals, breads, pastas are going to be sprayed, enriched, fortified with folic acid. Hmm, interesting. Makes you think, doesn't it? Uh, so MTHFR also aids in the process of detoxification in the body. So when this is not working properly, when this process isn't working, heavy metals and mineral levels can reach dangerous levels of imbalance. Um, this can cause hyperactivity, mood disorders, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if not treated, MTHFR mutations can cause a buildup of folic acid and, uh, and make these, you know, mood issues even worse. So, um, if you have someone who does have this mut mutation and they're suffering from ADHD, autism, depression, um, whatever, and say they're eating, you know, pop tarts for breakfast, they're eating, you know, some white bread for lunch, they're eating pasta for dinner, that's just going to make the situation worse. And what happens then? Um, so th their AD their ADHD gets worse, and uh, oh, we better increase the medication. We better make the, the, the dose higher. And, uh, you know, I think what happens is a lot of people, it's interesting when, when you look at like the carnivore diet, you know, people who support the carnivore diet, people who just like any sort of elimination diet that um, centers around eliminating breads, you know, carbs, essentially grains, whatever. Um, all of a sudden, people just feel like so much better. It's like, wow, what happened? You know, it must be just that it's a carbohydrate and I don't need carbohydrates. Or it could be that the carbohydrates in the United States of America have vastly been uh, been contaminated, have been sprayed with folic acid. And maybe you have this gene mutation where your body is not able to process it. 
that could be exactly what's happening. And if you went to maybe a, a country in Europe that is not doing this, that is not spraying their grains with uh, with folic acid, then maybe you'll be fine. And maybe you'll be able to eat this stuff. Maybe it wouldn't affect your mood. And maybe it wouldn't affect your cardiovascular health. And maybe it wouldn't increase your risk for cancer. Um, just Just some food for thought. These are not claims that I'm making. These are just ideas that I want you to research on your own, okay? Things that I'm thinking about that you should be thinking about as well. Just trying to get the old wheels turning in the, uh, in the old freedom brain there for the uh, Finding Freedom audience. So, I mean, this is, this is really crazy stuff, right? So, um, if I, w- I would guess that if I pulled the audience before this show, Probably 90%, maybe 95% of the audience thought that folic acid and folate were the same thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally underestimating my audience. Um, definitely in the, uh, my audience is more educated than, uh, than the general public, but definitely in the general public, it'd be 95%. Maybe my audience would be 75 or 50%. I don't know. But uh, general public, 95% of people would think that they're the exact same thing. Um, and, and the reason why they spray the grains with folate, well, this is, what I'm, this is what they say. They say the reason why they're spraying the grains with the folic acid and not the folate is because the folic acid is stable. And if you sprayed the grains and added or, or added it in some other way um, to grains, to cereals, to breads, Whatever, if you added folate, it would break down and it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't last in the uh, in the food. So, um, so why is folic acid added to grains? And I talked about at the beginning. You know, there's the uh, the reason that they claim is uh, so. In 1992, the U.S. Public Health Service recommended that all women who can become pregnant get 400 micrograms of folic acid, this synthetic vitamin B9, uh, to prevent neural tube defects. Then in 1998, uh, the United States began a public health intervention. Intervention. We all know about foreign interventions. How about domestic interventions into your body? Yeah, the government loves to do that. Which required manufacturers to fortify um, cereal grain products labeled as enriched with 140, uh, 140 micrograms of folic acid per 100 grams of flour. And uh, so they claim when they did this that the number of neural tube defects went down essentially right after implementation. So what's their justification on why they are mandating it being added, um, you know, to, to flour, to put right into the food for everybody, for everybody to consume when it's only targeting pregnant women. Why, why would they do that? Well, the reason they give us, let me get a, a quick drink here. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. 
The reason they give is because, um, and this very well probably is is true. Um, I, I don't really doubt that folic acid, or so, excuse me, I don't doubt that folate could be very important um, and is very important in the development of a of a fetus, uh, and even um, important to uh, to conception. I, I don't I don't doubt that at all. Um, the problem is they're not they're not adding folate; they're adding folic acid. Um, and the reason why they're adding it to the food is because if they just said, "Hey, pregnant women need to supplement with this," well. One side of it is, is they're saying not enough women are listening and taking the folic acid. And the other reason is that in order, um, in the research they've done around this, in order for it to help decrease these neural um, tube defects, um, it has to be taken, um, you know, started up to 14 weeks prior to conception and needs to maintain being taken um, 10 weeks after conception. So this 24-week period, which is pre- and post-conception, which is known as the peri-conceptual phase of, uh, of pregnancy. Now, you learned your new term today, and so did I. And they, you know, they think through supplementation that women just will not do this. Um, you know, a lot of women, though, you know, do, you know, as they are trying to get pregnant, you know, they start taking these uh, prenatal vitamins um, ahead of time. Uh, most, most women do, but of course there's a lot of women out there who they're not planning a pregnant and they just get pregnant. And then, you know, so, um, they say that for that reason, you know, those women who are just getting pregnant without planning and taking vitamins for that reason, everybody in the United States needs to be dosed with folic acid. So that's crazy in my mind. That's absolutely insane. Absolutely. Um, bonkers. I mean, first of all, just from like a, you know, a, a Liberty standpoint, um, let people make their own decisions. You know, we don't need the government dictating um, what supplements we should take, what drugs we should take, what should be put in our food, what shouldn't be put in our food. Um, let's let people make those decisions for themselves. And, you know, this is a great example of, you know, the government saying, you know, that, that they're doing something benevolent, that they're adding this nutrient, this vitamin to the food, which is going to have an end result that is positive. It's going to give us a positive result. We're going to have less kids that have a birth defect. So the selling point of it, yeah, it sounds great. What kind of jerk would be against that? What kind of jerk is pro-birth defect? Nobody. Nobody's pro-birth defect. So that that's the way they sold it. And, I mean, probably most people... Maybe at, at the time, did people notice it? Probably not. I mean, oh, enriched. Enriched sounds good. Fortified. That sounds great. It's been fortified. It's been made stronger. Um, but, I mean, at the time, people probably didn't know. Today, freaking nobody knows. You know, Like I said before, probably 95% of the people have no idea what enriched means or, or fortified means and what the heck is mandated to be in their... Uh, in their sandwich bread. But so another claim that they make is they say, you know, using, you know, data from the birth defect tracking system that they found since the beginning of the folic acid fortification in the U S about 1300 babies are born each year without a neural tube defect 
who might have otherwise had a neural tube defect. And, you know, with a lot of government data, um, the way that they are calculating that is just with an algorithm. Like, for example, when they do, uh, when they count flu deaths, they're not actually counting flu deaths. They are entering different, um, different data points, samples from hospitals around the country of, you know, number of people admitted, um, with flu symptoms, um, number of people, um, you know, length of stay in hospital flu symptoms, number of people who died at certain hospitals from the flu as a comorbid. Then they plug all this stuff in from, you know, different, these different data points and they get an output in 2023, 10,000 people died from the flu. They didn't actually like count birth certificates like they claim to have done for COVID. Um, or <laughs> they just added COVID to every death certificate. Um, during that time, people who died, because every, people were, were getting it. That was the number in place to get COVID was, was in the hospital, um, no matter what you were in there for. But anyway, that's a different discussion. Um, but yeah, so, so like for the flu, they don't actually, they don't actually count. A lot of people don't know that. So for something like this, they're not actually, that's not like a, an actual count. That's just a, you know, just a calculation they made. It's a, it's a, it's an estimate. It's, you know, something that would have like a, a, a plus or minus on it, a, a confidence level, which, they don't. They don't give that. They just give whatever um, percentile this thirteen hundred babies per year is. Which um, who knows if it's the fiftieth percentile, or the ninetieth percentile, or you know all the assumptions that, that are built into their uh, you know, mathematical model. But anyway, that's probably getting too into the weeds on that. The greater point is, so they're saving. They're claiming they they're saving thirteen hundred um, babies from having a birth defect. Sounds amazing. Sounds great. Who would argue with that? How many, like, what's, what's the damage though, right? You know, how many people are, have ADHD? How many people have autism? How many people are depression? How many mothers are suffering or, or, you know, go to the, there's the extreme case where, you know, end up ending their life due to a terrible case of postpartum depression, depression, which happens Way too frequently, man, and way more often than uh, than people know. And like, it it just makes me so angry because nobody knows about this, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. Um, and you know, the first question people are going to have is, "What should I do?" And you know, I think the simplest thing to do is just start to supplement with a methylfolate, and I can recommend. It, Anybody out there, if you want to know the uh, you know the multivitamin that, that I take and I love and I recommend, um, you know you can always e- email me John at LionsOfLiberty.com. You can message me on on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter at John Odermatt, whatever. If you want to know supplements I take, happy to uh, to share that with you. You can also just do your own research and look around for a, a methylated folate, a, a multivitamin with a methylated folate. Uh, make sure you know the other ingredients are good too. You know, you don't want to have uh, you know, sugars added. You don't want uh, sucralose added to your multivitamin. You don't want any any of that crap in there. You don't want you don't want other synthetic vitamins mixed in with it. So, so, so just make sure you're avoiding syn- synthetic vitamins as a whole. Um, get naturally occurring vitamins in your uh, in your multivitamin. So that's one thing. Everyone needs to. Everyone should be supplementing. And the people who say, um, "I don't need to supplement." 
you know, I get everything I need from food. Um, I like your attitude. You know, honestly, I love where you're coming from. That means you're probably eating a lot of whole foods, which is like that. That's very important. You should always maximize the amount of whole food you're eating and minimize the amount of processed food you're eating. So I'm happy with them. That's great. Glad you're doing that. But there's something that's going on that's totally out of your control that is going to affect your ability to get the, the nutrients and the vitamins and everything you need by just eating the whole foods. Um, nutrient uh, de- depletion, um, soil, soil depletion, um, which has been, you know, happened over the past 50 years with factory farming where, you know, an apple today, an orange today, a kiwi today, a cucumber today, whatever that you're, that you're buying at the grocery store from a you know, factory farm in Mexico just simply doesn't have the nutrients that that fruit or vegetable had 20, 50, 75 years ago. It's just not in it because those nutrients have been stripped out of the soil and they're, they're, not, they're not being replaced with the way that, uh, that we factory farm today. And that's just the reality of it, man. I mean, you can sort of grow some of your own food, which I, you know, I, that's, I do that too, but you know, I don't have a huge operation where I can grow enough food for my family year round that, uh, that's, that's going to support us. So, um, I supplement to fill the gaps and I think everyone should, I think if you're not doing it, you're, you're really doing yourself and your family a, uh, a disservice. Um, so that's one thing supplement. The second thing is avoid enriched grains. Avoid enriched flour. Avoid fortified cereals. Don't eat Pop-Tarts. Don't eat processed foods. Just avoid that crap. Learn how to make sourdough. Um, My wife, you know, she's amazing. She makes a new loaf of sourdough bread pretty much every single week. And she's been doing that for, I don't know, the past year and a half, which is amazing. It's incredible. The only time I've had bread that is not sourdough or is not made from a you know sourdough discard or even like the pancakes we make we we use you know non-enriched flour we use sourdough sourdough discard um so even when you're having carbs you're not getting junk i mean you i i I eat carbs i mean carbs are delicious i'm gonna eat pasta i'm gonna eat stuff like that i'm gonna eat sourdough bread i'm gonna have pancakes i'm gonna have french toast you gotta live you gotta enjoy life man there's ways to do that by avoiding um, things like folic acid um, that have been added to our food, mandated by the FDA. So, yeah, just do the best you can with that. And, of course, like the only times that, like I was going to say, when I went on a rant there, the only times that I do have stuff with like enriched flour is if I'm, you know, whatever, out to dinner or I'm tailgating with friends or I'm at a party. I'm not going to be a, a lunatic and uh, bring my own bread with me. So, I mean, I'll, I'll have it then. But... It's crazy. Even like, so last weekend, um, my uh, mother-in-law had a birthday party, birthday party for my father-in-law. And it was like, the food was, was great, exceptional, fantastic. There was like sourdough pizza there, which was great. I had a lot of that. But there was also, you know, regular homemade pizza and there was pasta and you know, a bunch of different carbs, different. And uh, it was all delicious, wonderful. <clears throat> Normally, I don't eat that many carbs, but that day, man, I indulged, I ate, I enjoyed it, had a great time. It was an awesome party. But I'll tell you what, man, the next day, my freaking wrist hurt, my shoulder hurt, 
my hip hurt and my knee hurt. And uh, is that caused by, because another, another potential issue um, caused by having one of these gene mutations or um, the inability to process uh, folic acid is arthritis. That's another one. So th- th- there's a long list. I mean, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll link to it. Lions of, Lions of, Lions of Liberty.com. Uh, I'll link to it there. You can, uh, you can read for yourself. But it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. When you start to like really connect the dots with like the things you're consuming and how you feel, it's like, wow, oh, this makes sense. It makes sense that like what I eat would like cause me to feel a certain way. Like when you eat healthy, when you're eating, you know, good, you know, clean um, steak or venison or, or whatever, you have vegetables, you're going to feel better. When you're having shitty processed food and carbohydrates laced with folic acid, you're going to feel like shit. I mean, that's that's just the way uh, that's the way it works. And again, after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, indulged, eating, drinking, enjoying time with family, having fun, loving every minute of it. Next day, felt terrible. Just today, I'm, I'm starting to feel uh, feel back to normal. But that's just some stuff to think about. So supplement, avoid some of the stuff. And the third thing, which you don't have to do this, but like I would encourage it, especially if you do have, like if you've been diagnosed with ADHD or autism or depression or anything like this, if you struggle with any of it, I would really encourage you to, to actually pay and get a, uh, a gene test to see if you have this gene mutation or to what degree you have it. And, uh, you know, some doctors might test for it and say, oh, but you have the gene mutation, but it's fine. You can still have that stuff. But there are other doctors out there that are starting to, uh, you know, get into this field that are, you know, showing ways to, to navigate these, just, these issues and uh, who understand that these gene mutations are causing um, a lot of these issues. So uh, I think the gene test, the one that I saw, it's actually Gary Brecka's uh, company. And if I remember, I will link to that one on the show notes page as well. Uh, that was like $600. If you have an if you have a uh, HSA, um, your HSA, you should be able to pay for it with that. I, I think I, my wife and I will probably do it because you only have to do it one time. Your genes aren't going to change. You have the same genes, so you do it one time, and, and then you're going to know. So um, that's kind of like the the most intense thing to do, right? So if if I was going to put this on levels, like probably the easiest thing to do is your diet. And then the next level up would be supplementation. And then the next level up would be doing the gene test. Then once you do the gene test, you could really refine the other two, right? You can refine the supplementing to get more specific on getting the right raw materials in order to treat, um, you know, any issues identified from the gene test. And you can also refine your diet as well to avoid, um, you know, really avoid the the foods that are, uh, that are triggers. So yeah, I would encourage people to, uh, be active, man. That's a big part of finding freedom in your own life is taking control of your health, taking control of what you're eating, what you're drinking, and understanding at the end of the day what you eat, what you drink, what you consume is going to dictate how you feel. And it's, all, I mean, the responsibility falls on us, right? Sure, the government made this decision to put this crap in our food to put a synthetic vitamin in everyone's food in order to address a problem 
that impacts a very small percentage. Well, not very small. And it, it affects a percentage of the community. And honestly, if it didn't have a negative side effect, I probably wouldn't be making this episode just because it wouldn't be a headline. It wouldn't be something that would uh, you know, be worth talking about. But the government shouldn't be doing this anyway. Um, even if there were no negative side effects, they shouldn't be you know, mandating certain things to be added to food for everyone to consume. That's just ridiculous. Hopefully you agree with that. If you don't, I don't know. I don't know how you listened this this long or I don't know how you found this show. But uh, all right. So the other thing that I did want to talk about and oh, one more thing. So with the CDC, these people at the CDC, man. So just to remind you, the CDC, the same people who are telling you, go out and get your uh, your COVID booster. Go get your seventh COVID booster. That's what we would recommend. Oh, hey, healthy 20-year-old on the street. You should get a COVID booster. That's what you should get. That's their advice. That's their recommendation. Those same people at the CDC say this about folic acid. Um, folic acid is the only type of folate shown to help prevent neural tube defects. Okay, so they go into details talking about that. What else do they say? They say people with the, this gene mutation, the MTHFR-C677T, with that gene mutation variant, they say they can process all types of folate, including folic acid. So they are countering what all this research, <coughs> excuse me, is saying that, in fact, up to 60% of people, to some degree, cannot process folic acid. The CDE just comes out and says, no, you're wrong. This is totally fine. But is that a surprise? Of course it's not a surprise because they have to back up the mandate that the FDA made in 1998. Ah, this stuff gets me so freaking animated, man, because there's going to be people who, you know, if you talk to a friend about this or family and you tell them, you know, MTHFR gene mutation, you know, maybe this could be causing your mood disorder, blah, 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 or maybe a child struggling with autism, you're trying to help somebody to, um, you know, treat their child's autism, and you're giving them advice, maybe you refer them to this episode. Um, and they go to the CDC page and say, well, the CDC says this is all bullshit. And I mean, the CDC, they're, they're not wrong, right? They're the Center for Disease Control. They're the experts. We've got to trust the ex experts, but the experts' incentives are aligned with falling in line with decisions they've made in the past in order not to invalidate those decisions and expose them for being causing all these health issues. So, of course, the CDC is saying this. Of course, the CDC is going to fall in line and say that the MTHFRG mutations have no impact on methylating um, folic acid and a folate. So that shouldn't be surprising. Shouldn't be surprising at all, but uh, that's where we are. And what did I say at the top of the show? I said maybe this will be like a 20-minute, 30-minute show. We're at 46 minutes, and uh, we're still going. So I am going to talk about one more thing as I steer off of folic acid. And, you know, I uh, I subscribed to an email that I get, I think it's weekly. Um, it's called Charter, C-H-A-R-T-R, which they just have some really cool charts. I know it's surprising, right, with a name like Charter, um, you know, with different data and analytics, different trends, which I, th I think is pretty interesting. And 
I saw this one that came through within the past couple days here. And tracking feelings of happiness across different generations. And if you're watching the video on YouTube or Rumble, um, you're going to see my screen with the, uh, with the charts there. But I'll talk through each one for those who are listening on the podcast. So you have 18 to 24. And this, th- these, each of these charts track, track from 2000 to uh, uh, 2021 or maybe 22. Oh, it's yeah, 2000, 2022. And so 18 to 34, you know, it's tracking in 2000 at 30%. It goes down a little bit in 2010, maybe it's a 25. Then it goes back up to above 30% in 2012, then comes down, comes down in 20, I don't know, 2016, maybe it's at 25% again. And then COVID happens whoop, all the way down below, it's down like 15%. And now today, 18 to 34 is back up to 23%, um, not to pre-COVID levels, but a pretty good rebound, pretty good rebound, you know, about a quarter, a quarter of 18 to 34 year olds are feeling, feeling pretty good. They're feeling pretty happy right now, which is honestly pretty sad that three quarters are not feeling happy. Um, it really tells you a lot about the state of, uh, of the human, the human race with these things, uh, 35 to 49, 35 to 49. They're pretty steady right above 30, a little bit below 30 from 2000 up to 2015 dips down a little bit, 2016, 2017, you're back up above 30. Then bam, COVID hits. You're down to like 20. And now, um, 35 to 49 year old category is back up. To 31% after COVID, pretty good rebound. And I'll talk about wh- why I think that is after I get through these next two, because the next two are pretty interesting. So 50 to 64, 50 to 64, the highest. You go back to 2000, they're almost 40%. Starts dropping, starts dropping. You get to uh, 2010, it's down like 25%. Then it builds back up. 2019, it's about 30%. COVID hats, happens, bam, down to 19%. A little bit after COVID, 2022, still at 19%. So no rebound. 50 to 64, no rebound. I'll talk about why I think that is. 65 plus, they're way up. Generally, the older people get, I think to a certain extent, until like maybe into their 80s, if they live that long, 65 to 80, people are pretty happy. You know, they're retired. They have less to worry about financially. You know, a lot of people are set up pretty well. Um, so 40%. Happy in 2000. Dips down, comes back up. Bah, bah, bah. 2010, it's down around 30. And then when you get to pre-COVID, it's at like 35. Whoop. COVID happens, dips down to 22. <clears throat> Post-COVID, back up to uh, 27. So a little bit of a rebound for 65 plus. But so my thoughts behind this. So just like generally... Um, why so the the best covid rebound was in the 35 to 49 category and the reason i think that is is this is the category where the most amount of people are going to be or they have kids so people might say oh they have kids that that's another stressor well for those of you out there who have kids kids actually bring a great deal of happiness to your life um especially little kids and even when they get older and um, you know, start growing up. Sure, teenagers give you stress. You know, they'll they'll make you, you know, bang your head off a wall. But 
you're still you're going through something with them, right? And when you have kids, you have an investment um, that's outside of yourself, a human investment that you are responsible with turning into an adult that is able to navigate this crazy world that we have. And it's pretty much mandatory if you're a good parent that you got to be optimistic about the future because your kid is growing up in this future. So if you're optimistic about the future, if you're doing your best to look at, you know, even as the world falls apart, you're looking at the silver linings. You're finding ways to, you know, figure out how things will be okay. And that's going to lead to happiness, man. It is. So having kids leads to happiness. People are 50 to 64. A lot of them are empty nesters. Their kids have left and, you know, they've reached a point in their life where they have less control. You know, they can't really help their kids too much anymore. Maybe their kids have kids. They become grandparents. And that does bring some happiness, right? But still, they don't have any control. And they're, and they're fearful, right? They're fearful of the world that uh, that their grandkids are going to grow up in. And they don't have the, they don't have that same, it's hard to even explain, but they don't have that same investment because they're removed a, a generation. This is my theory. This is me talking. And then 65 plus, um, if you just, I, I think this has a lot to do with just the technological change that's happened. And I think a lot of people 65 plus are starting to get like kind of removed from the rest of society. And I don't think that's a good thing, you know, with social media and, and the, you know, the way news is aggregated and they're just kind of behind on everything. And, you know, people make fun of the boomers, the boomer mentality, but I think it's a real problem. And I think it's it's definitely con contributing to a, uh, a negative uh, happiness factor. Um, and then to go back to the first one, to 18 to 34, so they had a pretty good rebound up to 23%, almost back to uh, pre-COVID levels. But a lot of 18 to 34, majority of that, they're not going to, you know, not having kids yet. Some of, them, some of them are probably starting to have kids, so maybe that is some of, some of the optimism um, of having young kids. But in general, you know, this is why the elites don't want people to have families. This is why the elites don't want people having kids. Um, because it gives us a me meaning. It gives us happiness. It gives the human race a reason to press on. And, you know, by by teaching kids to question their gender and, um, you know, teaching them to, you know, abort their babies and not to value human life and, and all these different things. It creates this, this, <coughs> this separation and it uh, devalues the positive impact of happy, of having children and really, I think, leads to a lot of unhappiness um, in life. So that's my thought on that chart. So another chart that was interesting in this uh, in this email I got. Um, so fifty nine percent of Americans say money can buy happiness, but how much is enough? I thought this was kind of interesting, um, and I'll give my thoughts on what I think about money buying happiness after after I go through the chart. But so Gen Z, Gen Z says five hundred thousand dollars can buy happiness. <laughs> that's 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 being optimistic, Gen Z. Um, boomers, they say a million can buy happiness. Um, the average, um, of all the generations is, is one point or yeah, basically 1.2 million. Um, Gen X is essentially 1.2 million and millennials 1.7 million. 
to buy happiness significantly higher than everything else, which is, which is interesting. Um, Gen Z, I, I don't, I don't know. They just don't know. <laughs> and the, they're at a point where they've been really handed the shit end of the stick with the housing market. They can't get into it. They missed out on the, you know, the, the boat on making easy money in real estate through federal reserve, uh, interest rate manipulation and housing supply manipulation. And um, yeah, so, so they're looking at probably a, a less. So when they're looking at happiness, their happiness looks different. Maybe it's a, a smaller house. Maybe it's not even buying a house. Maybe it's, so they're structuring, they're, they're structuring their lives different. I think it's really striking when you think about this. Now, I don't know how accurate this is. So this was a, a recent survey from Empower. Um, I don't know who they are, but it doesn't say. Um, I didn't. I didn't look at the survey to see how many people were surveyed. Is this worth going into? Da, 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 did they say? I don't know. I don't want to waste waste my time looking through that. But um, anyway, so uh, the one point seven for millennials. You know, I think millennials are in a place where. We understand being at the, at the time that we've, you know, come of age, that we understand that we've been handed the shit end of the stick, but also we were able to get, a lot of us were able to get it, especially older millennials were able to get into the housing market and, you know, we're getting to a, a prime money-making ages and we understand how to make money on social media, how to build businesses on the internet, um, find success that way. So we kind of have our foot in both doors and maybe we're getting a little greedy with the 1.7 million net worth to, uh, to buy happiness. But it is interesting how much higher it is than the average. And it's interesting how much higher it is than Gen X. And I think, I think that difference is Gen X more so doesn't have their foot in the uh, internet money door, in the social media door, in, in, that, uh, in that world. And they're more so just relying on old, uh, old ventures and, and the boomers they're fully in, you know, they bought a house for $70,000 that's worth um, a quarter million dollars. And they're just like, okay, I have a million dollars now. That's nice. <laughs> Must be nice. A house she made no updates on is now gone up 10, 20, or, <laughs> or three, 300%. Can't do math this late at night. Um, anyway, that, that's my thoughts. Now. And money buying happiness, you know. Money can't buy happiness. There's plenty of people out there who have tons of money who are billionaires, who are miserable people. But money is nice and money can help with problems and problems can make you unhappy. Uh, so does money buy happiness? No, money can't buy happiness. But if you have a strong foundation, a faith, a family, principles, you know, you have moral values, you understand how to treat people well, um, and you're a generally happy person, you're a grateful person, then yeah, having more money is going to help you be happier. Of course it is, because it's going to help with other problems that would come up. Not having enough money to buy a car or your air conditioning unit goes out, and if you don't have enough money to pay for that, it's going to make you unhappy. So of course having money is going to help with the happiness factor in some capacity, but it's not going to buy it. There's no, uh, there's no method for that where you can just 
solve all your problems with money. That, that doesn't exist. I, I don't believe in that. But that's the show, guys. That's everything I wanted to talk about. So hope you enjoyed today's show. If you like this, then you should subscribe to uh, the podcast on whatever app you're listening on. Subscribe. Hit the button. If it's Apple Podcast, it's that little plus sign, I think, up in the corner. They make it so hard to... They change. I think they call it following now. Subscribing, following, whatever. Just get the, get the episodes delivered to your phone every single time we publish one, which is every Monday you get an episode of Finding Freedom. Every Wednesday you get an episode of Mean Age Daydream with Brian McWilliams. And every Friday... You get an episode of Meme Wars, except for last Friday because we were off for the holiday. But you get an episode of Meme Wars, which Meme Wars is me and Brian and sometimes Rico and sometimes a special guest where we uh, talk about some current events, talk about some memes that are circulating on the interwebs and a little comedy, a little culture. And we scoot you out on your way into the weekend with a smile on your face and uh, some memes to share with your friends and family. And uh, hopefully a show to share with friends and family as well. If you like this show, share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't be selfish. Share the show with a friend. Especially this show. Especially this show on uh, government-contaminated food. Share this show. Help a friend who might be struggling with one of these issues. Um, If you're not doing that, you're being irresponsible. So... After you subscribed and shared the show, come join our Patreon. Go to uh, patreon.com slash lionsofliberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com and you can join our community. We'll give you a big hug when you come on into the community. Not a real hug, but a a virtual hug. And uh, you can get some merchandise depending on the level you join at. You can get access where we have our our monthly calls. Um, You can even produce a show at a certain level. So come check those levels out and sign up to become a Patreon here at Lions of Liberty. And we appreciate your support. Grateful for your support. Thankful for your support. I mean, I can't believe how long I've had this podcast for. It is ridiculous that so many people will listen to me rant and talk into a microphone and uh, actually enjoy it. And I love getting feedback from you guys on these shows. So if you like this show, you can send me an email too at john at lionsofliberty.com. Give me ideas for other shows, guests, etc., etc. Love hearing from you guys. So I think I've rambled enough for today. Hopefully you all enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week, most likely, with a very interesting guest. But in the meantime, always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. <laughs>